Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey. It's the worst thing I do at ESPN. Judd Zolgat. I just want to drink and watch TV. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Matthew Collar is here to talk about football. When are we going to mock? Bob. We got a mock. I requested a mock. Just say the word. I want a mock. I want a mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. Gentlemen, we have what appears to be, it's either a two-round mock or it looks like a one-round mock with some additional picks that may be like supplemental picks. Exciting. For the June Major League Baseball draft. Yes. Let's go, yes. baby. We could do other mocks. And here's the best football. part. Here's the best part. Okay. So this is from DraftUtopia.com. The Utopia of Sports. And the mocker is the same mocker, Chris Ransom, that brought you multi-round NFL <laughs> mock drafts with full write-ups of each player in like the seventh round. And that soup and sandwich combo you got last week at Panera. That's right. He works at Panera Oh, we Bread. got a, the Panera guy. Yeah, oh, I yes. love this. And he has launched DraftUtopia.com, right. and he's not just limited to football tape. So he's He has full write-ups for every baseball prospect, high school and college, in the first 46 picks, first round in supplemental. And he's got a soup and salad coming to yeah, you right. very soon. His, Don't uh, forget the half Sammy. <laughs> his rugby mock is coming out next month. It is. <laughs> Chris Ransom. Here's what he thinks about the Major League Baseball June draft. Number one overall. Why didn't he name this like mocks for Ransom for his, uh, his site? Right? Say the word. I want a mock. Mock. <laughs> I don't see why you can't change it. I could give you this for free, but it's going to cost you some (laughs) ransom. I want a mock. Mock! You know what? I don't think you're allowed to trade the number one overall pick in baseball. I think you can only trade like supplemental picks. But you know what? If the Tigers were able to trade that pick, I bet they could get a ransom for it. I want a mock. Mock! No, okay. No, no, no. no. Gonna, I okay. like those, but no. No, that's this time. All right, no. all right. Is Num- Billy Price in this one, Dave? <laughs> Does he play baseball? Do we know? <laughs> oh, Got to be someone named Price in this draft. Oh, well, let's see who they have. Me. Number one overall to the Detroit Tigers, a pitcher from Auburn named Casey Mize. The write-up says, "This is my first MLB mock since March." <laughs> been busy. Ransom's been busy, man. And a lot has changed over the past two months. In fact, only one player from my March mock remained on the exact team. Same team. Things what? are changing. Changing. All right, number two overall to the San Francisco Giants, a second baseman from Oregon State named Nick uh, Mattergrall. Yeah. Mattergrall. Okay. Good prospect. 
Uh, in fact, here's a write-up about Great Nick range. Matagrawl. Matagrawl. Good hands. He is, uh, I'm not sure if the Giants want a college batter or a college pitcher. San Francisco's scouting department has done a marvelous job concealing their hand as far as who they want at number two. I'm not really sure of any of this. <laughs> I don't even know if this guy plays baseball, but I like the name. Um, let's see here. There's another guy, uh, Singer and Matagrawl. Singer is a guy who had a better, better command, pitching accuracy, and ERA than Mize. At the same time, the Giants' second baseman has zero home runs through 61 games, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, let's get to the Twins. Let's just go down to the Twins here. According to DraftUtopia.com. Man. The Utopia of Sports. That's right. At number 20, the Twins will select high school pitcher for Merritt Island High School in Florida, Mason Denneberg. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. Now they could have if 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 two picks earlier if the Royals had uh, passed on Kumar Rocker, who's a, a high school pitcher from Georgia. According to DraftUtopia.com, Rocker has a killer four seam fastball at 98 miles per hour, a fastball that would be on par with Araldis Chapman's if Rocker moved to the bullpen, since mm. that's the only pitch he's mastered. That's actually John Rocker's son, Kumar. I want a mock. Mock. Well, I was wondering. What does it say about the Twins draft pick? Do you have it in front of you? Uh, I do, yeah. It says the Twins get another arm for depth here. Mason Danneberg beat Cole Wilcox in head-to-head play. Mm, I got rankings for high school batters and high school pitcher prospects uh, in my 2018 MLB draft player rankings. Well, I mean, who would forget that? If you got that, then you're on track. Danneberg-Wilcox. We need to get Chris Ransom on the show. We've given him so much pub for DraftUtopia.com. The Utopia of sports. I almost feel like we need to get him on the show, have him break down the I wonder the if he does basketball draft. and hockey as well. I mean, he might as well round it out, right? Well, you would think if he's a doing website like DraftUtopia.com would have... The Utopia of sports? <laughs> I mean, you might as well do all four, at least. <laughs> There's no way you could get through that interview. No chance. No chance. Oh... Uh. I'm going to find an NBA one before the, the day is over. So I'm a Panera fan, so I, I could start, if, if things went off course in the sports <laughs> discussion, I could start talking about, they have uh, some delicious soup and salad combos. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. Got one yesterday. Another thing that Kyler and I were really tweeting good? about earlier today that uh, I think we should bring up here just for a few minutes because it's hilarious how sports teams and organizations and leagues, they think that they're like being progressive and advancing conversations. There's a story, was it NPR that sent out the Becky Hammond thing? It was. Becky Hammond didn't get the coaching job with the Bucks, but she helped start a conversation. Like, what is that conversation that, hey, we're we're interviewing women for jobs now? Like, that's <laughs> that conversation was held fifty years ago. Right, right, exactly. And uh we you think that they would even pay her the same as yeah, a man? Like I mean, so condescending to someone that's accomplished so much in basketball, both as a player and then earning a job on Greg Popovich's staff. Do you think that he just hires whoever walks through? <laughs> I mean, just like, oh, you know, you well, you played, right? Sure, just come on by and try to win a championship with me because I'm the, a top three coach in basketball and one of the greatest in history. So she's done enough to earn a job. It's clear that we're at a point where... Uh, women should be already long ago coaching in the NBA, but the fact that they've only had the WNBA since 1998, you know, maybe didn't give them the same type of opportunities. But Nancy Lieberman has been an assistant as well with the Sacramento Kings. I mean, 
as if there would be any actual reason this would be a problem for one. I mean, women bosses yeah. in sport? Like, uh, yeah, you mean like every business in America like, that's the and thing. Like, yes. the military and what and is your problem? How is this a conversation, NPR? By the way, NPR? Shell Reeve would be a very good NBA coach. Yeah, no I question. think she'd be fantastic. And and why she hasn't gotten any sort of attention for that is baffling to me, too. Basketball is basketball. She man. might be sitting in, in a building where she should be considered for the position with the NBA team. The Timberwolves, if you go away, I'm telling you, think about all the things that we don't like about Tibbs. And think about Cheryl and how smart she is. And I'm telling you, she's also the type of person where you don't think to yourself, I'm talking to a lady coach. You think to yourself, I'm talking to a really smart basketball mind. Well, we literally had a caller call in about Lin- that Lindsey Whalen was a bad hire. This is like two hours ago. And listed all these reasons that were like debunked. That, how is she going to recruit? And it's like, well, she just, <laughs> she like, just has, has landed yeah. a bunch of recruits. And then at the end of the <laughs> rant, called her, like, she's a sweetheart, but yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah, that's... that's- well, I mean, she seems like a really nice person, but also, if I think you played against her, my guess is you wouldn't use sweetheart as the first w- uh, way to describe her. Absolutely. Because she's one of the most competitive athletes that I've ever seen. And the same thing goes for Becky Hammond and Dawn Staley, who did the same exact thing Lindsey Whalen is doing, and then completely turned around a program by landing Asia Wilson and won yeah. a national championship mm-hmm. after South Carolina had been an irrelevant program, so that was easy. Yeah, right? she did it for multiple for like five years or something too, where she doubled with WNBA and uh, and was a great three point shooter. But it's just it's amazing every time sports pats itself on the back. Oh, there's an openly gay player in the NBA now, but not really because no one signed him after he announced that he was gay. But we're starting conversations. That the rest of the world started in the 1980s, right? <laughs> yeah, like let's stop right. patting ourselves on the back as as sports society for things that are decades decades beyond where they should be well, conversation. And, and let's also not, you know, let's let's blame the right people for this thing too. I mean, when we look at the idiots who respond to tweets about Joe Maurer and say that he's soft because he got hurt, or respond to tweets to the NPR thing and say, oh, I bet she'd make a great cook for the team. Like, yeah, okay. But those aren't the people who are actually holding back Becky Hammond from being a head coach. Yeah. Those, those people are idiots, and we all know they're idiots. It's the people who aren't doing anything about it who write about the NBA every day. Or your average NBA fan who doesn't tweet anything about how this is ridiculous, how far behind we are. And it really also says something about just women's sports in general. Like the fact that the WNBA can struggle at times, not here locally, but you know, at large, to get attendance, to get viewership, things like that. Well, one of the reasons is because it took until 1998 to give these people a league like of course you set them back 50 years it's going to take a little longer for their league to catch up and get the sort of attention sports sports more than in any walk of life to me is so afraid of change yeah and and it's funny because sports people try and talk about oh no we're progressive and we'll do this and and do but when you break it down there are there are not Many things in life where where a business is as afraid of change as sports is. Yeah, I mean, and and I mean that just goes to everything, starting with 
We've always done it this way. Well, and if any other business acted this way, they would just be fined so heavily by the government, sure. right? I mean, you would just get hit. So if you refuse to hire women, if you refuse to have a gay player in your league, I mean, like, oh, yeah, we won't hire any women bosses here at Xerox. Like, okay, Xerox, yeah. you cannot have a business anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's like that simple, right? I mean, and yet here with the NBA, we're like, I don't know. What if a man doesn't listen to it? Well, what if a man doesn't listen to Tibbs? We talk about firing him. And there were then. columns yeah. about yeah. that, though. There, there were I columns mean, that, that came out saying, I don't know if the time is right. It's 2018. <laughs> and there were columns saying, I don't know if the timing is right it's, for this move. For, for By the way, the Milwaukee Bucks. But it's, a, it's okay? also... <laughs> But it's also a tell. It's also a tell on someone if they're an actual sexist, but they try to make that argument. Because I sit here and watch Kevin Garnett every time he's on TV. Who's he got on? Candace Parker. Oh, yeah. I I read Pau Gasol, who wrote a piece for the Players' Tribune talking about working with Becky Hammond. I watched the San Antonio Spurs play basketball and listen to her on a daily basis. If you grew up playing basketball, if you love basketball, you understand that it's Basketball is basketball. I think real players look at it that way 100% across the board. TMZ ran up on Zach Randolph, of all people. They were like, what do you think about a woman head coach? He's like, you know, we had an assistant, Nancy Lieberman, on our team. It was great. They're like, it's fine. Like, basketball is basketball. They have yes. that type of respect. Usually, young boys grow up playing with young girls, too, playing basketball. And you, they watch the game. Kobe Bryant is a huge advocate of women's basketball and is at UConn games and is at Sparks games and yeah, everything he, else. He was like, he put Rachel Bannum on a pedestal and yeah, was like, exactly. Uh, you know, tweeting so, back and forth for sure. So the, the players have spoken. I mean, it's obvious that, that from already when it's happened as an assistant, it, that's, that's a writer trying not to say what he really wants to say, which is, Stay out of my sport. Yes. That's uh, what he wants. By the way, 651-646-8255. And also, we have a couple meat and potatoes football things to get into. Another segment with Collar. Questions with Dave later. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studio. Mackie and Judd now continue. Prepare to be dazzled. On 1500 ESPN. All right, that was a false alarm 20 minutes ago. Now we're really going to talk meat and potatoes football. Because the Vikings have signed... A backup interior defensive lineman. Oh, yeah. According to reports, 1500ESPN.com's Matthew Collar is with us. Uh, former Colts and Saints defensive lineman David Perry has signed with the Vikings. Important depth with upside at a key spot is what Ian Rappaport tweeted about the move. He was a fifth-round draft pick a few years ago for the Colts. Nose tackle. And uh, he's played 33 career NFL games. Didn't really play a whole lot with the Saints last year. Was he, he got, hurt? Or? Yeah, he got hurt okay. early. Uh, basically, like he played a couple snaps and then got hurt for the year. So what kinda, a pansy! Some bad, <laughs> some bad luck there. Um, also had a uh, alcohol related arrest with a golf cart involved. I couldn't quite piece together exactly what happened there, but I think it just leaving it there is probably actually. Best. You know what? That's a good question. Why is it so you can't? You're not supposed to drink and drive on any you know any in any context except you can order drinks on a golf course and like pretty much get loaded on a golf cart, right? And there's, I mean, is that legal? 
When we're out at a golf course and you've got like five beers in you, is that not supposed to be the case? You usually max Am I outing out. myself right now? I think you just did, yeah. <laughs> but Don't, go right ahead. I keep, mean, Judd, if you golfed, keep you'd talking about be in it. the same boat, right? Well, okay, but you can get can you get drunk in a golf cart and drive it around the course and be drunk, but you certainly can't if it's that not cart, advised, obviously. But if that cart then goes into the into the street and you start to drive it there, you definitely can get tagged for a Dewey then. It is is it illegal to drive up and down a fairway I think it, with seven beers in you on a golf course. I think it's legal. Okay, no way. They wouldn't have any more golf courses. So it's legal. Well, they're spacious. It's legal to draw. <laughs> it's legal to mow your lawn on a riding mower. I think you can be on your lawn uh, cutting it, drinking. But then if I know if you take that into a street, because I've seen this before. Is so this if you I then, hope? Is this you no, hope? I, no, some guy in St. Cloud got a Dewey. I've seen this before. Some, I saw the story before. Some like guy. You've seen the flashers behind you? Some, <laughs> pull it over. Z No, there was a guy in St. Cloud who got a Dewey a few years back because he was driving his lawnmower, his riding mower, in the street. And a cop pulled him over, and he was drunk. It happened to Jeb one time, but then he realized it was just a hot take police, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was spewing really hot takes. Spewing takes while mowing the lawn? Yeah, I, th- I mean, it must be like you can't drive it. It, like on the road. This is a great discussion trying to but figure I, this but out. I, but I think that there was something to do with him like stealing someone else's golf cart. Or oh. So I, it, whatever. Yeah, it's I not. Right. It's not a huge. Yeah. Thing, well, it's pretty interesting. Really. But is he? So he's a. Is he, he's a rotation guy, right? I'm assuming. Like he'll get into games, or he's, what's the plan here? He's a guy that's going to fight for a roster spot potentially. Okay. He's not someone that I would say, oh yeah, he's going to play. He would be like this year's version of Dayton Jones. Where they signed him, and it's like you'll get a shot in camp, and if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, because right now they have at that three. T- he's more of a nose tackle, backup nose tackle, and they lost Shamar Stefan, and they don't really have a backup traditional nose tackle really now. So th- that he gives them a chance to to win a spot. But you know they drafted Jalen Holmes. They're going to move him to defensive tackle. Jaleel Johnson is another guy. And and what Mike Zimmer has done a lot on passing situations where they take out Linval Joseph is he'll put someone like Brian Robinson in at that spot and just have him rush the passer. And and you could see them doing that a lot. And what I would even like to see is move Anthony Barr up over the guard and play just Eric Hendricks and then all defensive backs otherwise and kind of have like a hybrid dime package there would be a good idea probably. Um, so I don't think there's a huge need for a backup nose tackle, but if Linval Joseph gets hurt, you basically have no one there behind him now. From the Star Tribune, a, a Perry avoided jail time and was suspended by the NFL for four games after an incident in February 2017 in Scottsdale where he was charged with a felony after stealing a golf cart that was used as a street taxi. He also was charged with a DUI and resisting arrest as a widely shown police v- video circulated around. Okay, so it's so that on was the it. street. So yes, so he got the... So to answer Phil's question, I think if he had contained himself to a golf course... Well, other people are saying on Twitter here, Eric says the beers on golf courses in Minnesota are 3-2 beers, but I hear, yeah, but that just means it'll take... I mean, you could still get you drunk still get off 3-2 yeah. beer. I'm, I don't know. I just want to know. Can you get arrested? Can a cop like see you on a fairway and like no, pull you over? Not a, no. Beer no cans way. all over your golf cart. Not a chance. Asking for a friend. Okay. 
asking for a friend, and, and you're going golfing on Monday. Uh, the and maybe even tomorrow. We'll see. The uh, <laughs> the other thing uh, that I really find interesting on 1500ESPN.com here is this pro football focus piece that validates everything we've said on this show and that you have said on the Purple Podcast about the Vikings wide receivers. Pro football focus. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they've got the Vikings wide receiver core as the number one wide receiver group in the NFL. Yep, that's correct. And they had both Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs last year as top 10 NFL wide receivers. And that's why I've said before, you don't just look at how many catches the guy had total and decide whether you think that he was great in one year or not. That's how you would pick your fantasy team. And I respect that. Go win in fantasy. But it's two different things. And you look at the efficiency when they threw a guy's way or how well someone did against a certain coverage or how open he was or how many plays he made on the ball that uh, would be above average. And when you look at both Diggs and Thielen, they were fantastic last year in all of those areas. And what Kirk Cousins is inheriting here is something very rare. It's guys who can win at all three levels, short, medium, and deep but not just one of them. Usually if you have one of them, you're like, wow, this is great. We can use this guy in any way we want. They have two. And where it really shows you is the difference between 2016 and 2017, where in 2016, Diggs was the slot receiver. That's why his reception totals were higher, because you catch a lot more underneath stuff, and he was great at it. And then Shermer switched it around and used Thielen out of the slot, and then his catches total was higher but in both seasons we saw those guys run deep dig routes and curl routes and things like that getting open and then hit on big plays too i mean you remember the washington game i think he hit both of them for for big plays Mm -hmm. so to have that if you're a quarterback i know that kirk cousins obviously was going to get paid by anybody but he had to have been looking at it and saying Man, I mean, this is just fantastic to have these two. And then Kendall Wright can play also. I mean, he's not a schlub. He's a pretty good, proven player. Had 59 catches last year. He's more of a slot guy, correct? He is, which will I'll be really interested to see how they use him. Because when I've been looking back at Philadelphia, and I... uh, I've been studying their offense... Still looking at Philadelphia. I've been studying their their offense a lot. And... uh, Come on! Football. Football! Football. Okay, I... It's the offseason, so I've been building shelves at home, and then I've been reading and watching film on Philadelphia's offense and their route combinations, offensive concepts, and in in OTAs, I'm going to have a piece about some of the stuff that I found. Uh Um, But anyway, they, they lined up receivers and tight ends everywhere. All over the place. I mean, if you're a defense, you never knew where guys were going to be lined up, whether it was two by two or three by one or however it was going to be. There were a lot of times where Zach Ertz, they'd have three guys on one side and Zach Ertz on the other side wide, which is something Shermer did occasionally, but that just shows you how many options they're going to have. And Kendall Wright is a slot guy, but he also had, I think, 17 catches lining up outside too. So he's not like just that's the only thing he can do. How much are you looking forward, Matthew Collar, to August 15th and 16th when we have found out that ahead of the August 18th preseason game at U.S. Bank Stadium between the hated Jags, that the Vikings are going to host the Jags at TCO Performance Center for not one but two joint practices? Well, there's two things that came to mind for me. First was I listen to Joe Thomas's podcast all the time, Hall of Fame Left Tackle, and it's amazing. And he talked about what a nightmare these joint practices are. 
He thinks that players should get paid for them because they're so taxing that oftentimes you go up against guys who see this as an opportunity to like win a job. Like, oh, I got to show against this competition that I can really do this. So it's like playing a preseason game is how he compared it. He's not a fan of them at all because he's like, we already play too many preseason games and then you add these on. So I don't like those at all. It also reminded me of Doug Marone, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, once head coach of the Buffalo Bills who held a joint practice with the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. He brought the Bills back and had them practice again the very next day without giving them a day off. Wow. And the captain of the team in front of the media shredded Marone for it. (laughs) (laughs) He is one of my least favorite people in all of sports that I've ever covered. If you ask me, like, who was was just the worst person to cover, it'd be like Doug Marone. You're going to go uh, extend a hand and rekindle the relationship when he comes? We didn't have, like, I didn't have anything personal with him, like me versus him or whatever. Although a a comment I made on, on, the air was stuck with the Bills and they didn't like it once. You got a, a Bills flagship, right? WGR? Yes, okay. yes. And I uh, compared him to Mark Jackson and the quote that the owner of the Warriors said where he's like, yeah, he's not a bad coach, but we can't have everyone in the building hate him. Yeah. <laughs> All we right, can't that have a coach fair that everyone hates. Well, that hits really and, close to yeah, home, actually. Say, that it does. Familiar familiar right right now. It does. And, and that was, and that was <laughs> him. He was just obsessed with listening to the show every day and reading every single word, reading every single quote by every single player all the time. He was... It was very strange. When he first got there, he treated it like he was a college coach, and then he, like, turned on a dime to just not say anything ever and just be aggressive all the time. And it was just, it was very, very weird. And then it didn't surprise me at all because I think he's a very smart football man, but also has no clue how to like handle in-game situations. So last year it didn't shock me at all. Blew that lead against the Patriots. Yes, that they had that lead. It was like, no way. No way he holds this because he's going to play it over conservative and he's going to botch it and Brady's going to win. It kind of feels like we got to run here. We can do this. We can expand on this maybe next week. But like it kind of feels like the Jaguars have such a great defense and they've decided one more year of a mediocre coach and quarterback and they're going to ruin their – they're going to like miss their window to put – that they could have, they could have signed Kirk Cousins in some way, or for, or moved some money around, or traded London. for Eli or something, and they. I mean, why, they're going to make one more run at it. Why do you not draft Lamar Jackson? Yeah, it's. What is your problem? Like, are you in out of your mind to stick with Blake Bortles as opposed to you put Lamar Jackson in there with Fournette as your running back? Even if Jackson isn't isn't super accurate right away. You don't need an amazing offense, yeah. and he would bring something to the table that nobody else could right away. But instead, you're going to stick with just the same guy who's going to give you the same results. Yeah. Collar, you can find him, 1500ESPN.com, the uh, Purple Podcast, and Saturday Morning Sports Talk with Judd, 10 o'clock to noon. Dave, what kind of questions are you going to sling our way next? I've got very good questions, including one Judd will really like because it's related to his favorite condiment. Wow. Ketchup. Oh, love it. Really exciting. Uh, Chris Lindahl is the number one REMAX results team in America. And right now, their main goal is to help you bridge that gap between how fast your home sells, which if you're working with the Chris Lindahl team, it'll probably sell very quickly. Mine sold in like three hours a year and a half ago. And, and making sure that you get into a home that you and your family love that you don't have to move twice or uh, have a transitional home of some kind. And the way they're going about doing that is they have, with the Chris Lindahl team, thousands more homes available 
there's a market of homes available that you're not going to find listed on the MLS when you just do the old-fashioned search. The Chris Lindahl team is tapping into artificial intelligence to help sellers find homes to buy that they are fully satisfied with. And that's why the Chris Lindahl team is America's number one REMAX results team. You can find out more at chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. Or call 763-401-SOLD. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. There's a touch of madness around here. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, let's get let's dust questions off here. Let's get questions. Get dust questions it off. off the show. Just questions dust it off. is fresh. <laughs> dust it off. What's what are questions you got for us? Questions wants to start with some puck. All right. Let's start with hockey. If you had to guess, what would you say the winning percentage is? Of uh, teams on the road this postseason, boys. I'd be cheating because I heard it last night. It is pretty high, right? It's, it's high. Yeah, I think home teams. I think home teams are something like um, seven games under five hundred during the playoffs. Yikes! At home, yes, at home. That's crazy. Home it's almost teams, like hockey's random. Home teams are five under five hundred. They're thirty-four okay. and thirty-nine. Yeah. Four sixty-six is a winning percentage for home teams. Mm-hmm. Yep. My question is simple, Judd. Explain your sport. Why does home ice not seem to matter at all? You know, I can't. I don't know. You know what my answer is? Because it's very random. But you get the last change, right? You get to set up your guys as you would prefer. Well, the only thing I can tell you that I've seen throughout these playoffs, and, and certainly this didn't apply to last night, but the only thing I can tell you, and I think we discussed this with Louie a week ago, is, for instance, in the Nashville-Winnipeg series, which I want to say like the last five games went to the road teams, there seemed to be almost an inherent pressure on the home teams to where where they were actually playing tighter. Uh, but, yeah, I, it's it's weird because then I watched last night's game in Vegas, and it's a huge advantage for them, and they they used it and won that game. I don't have a great explanation. The only thing that I have seen that that I can point to, though, is that there does seem to be a pressure on you at home that that actually probably benefits the road team because they don't feel the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're not wrong entirely. Too it it's a random sport at times. It just mm-hmm. is. I still enjoy it. This is all about. It's funny. It seems like people want to fight about this. This is about preferences. Like, there's no huge right or wrong here. I, I got well, You're wrong, but that's fine. I got a no. tweet a couple nights ago though about the NBA. Take that, Zolgad. The or so I'm like, no, the NBA is fine. Yeah. I enjoy that too. I like hockey more, but that is nothing more. I'm not going to sit here and say you're wrong. That is nothing more than a personal preference that I grew up liking hockey more. That's yeah. it. You don't say you're wrong. You say you're not listening to me. Right. Exactly. If it's something you don't where, understand my point because you're an idiot. If Let me repeat so- it very slowly. If it's something where I don't feel I was listened to, but yeah, I mean, there was somebody going back and forth about. I said the Golden State Houston series is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just, trying to crap especially on when that. they play again in July. Well, great. and that's yeah. ridiculous. That's yes, yeah. that's true. You know, I actually I was uh, flossing this morning. I ran out of floss, and so I just replaced my floss with a chain. Because it's the cup. Yes. Yes. Because it's the cup. That's right. A chain. My, okay. Never my mind. wife had to take an Uber home from the airport. You know why? Hold on. Say that again. I flipped. The, uh, go ahead. Try I said 
My wife had to take an Uber home. My wife had to take an Uber home from the airport. Do you know why? Why? Because it's the cop. I feel like more context would have made that a little punchier, but well, like, she what? Like my wife asked me to. Oh, take and then I had to go the whole thing. No, nah, I didn't feel like setting up the whole thing again. We've talked about it before. <laughs> Saturday night, she might be dateless, despite the fact there's a big gala. You know why? Because I'm going to stay home because it's the cop. <laughs> it's all personal preference, though. I don't feel like it's a big. I feel like this whole thing about basketball or hockey is sort of silly. You know what? So when our show's over at one o'clock, I'm going to get lunch. Why? Because it's the cup. All right, we've run its course. That's me doing I'm not my, sure ju- that, my Judd impression. I'm not sure it's that good to begin with. Those are all pretty worthless, frankly. Not even worth the price. I would say. I would agree. with okay, you. Okay, that's it. <laughs> I would agree with you on that. Thank you. Uh, seven years ago today, Harmon Killebrew passed away. Seven years ago today, really? March 17th, 2011. Can't believe it's been seven years. Yeah, That's unbelievable mm-hmm. it's been that long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would think you guys would agree, and pretty much everyone around here, one of the all-time great guys as far as Minnesota sports mm-hmm. on and off the field. Just one hell of a guy. So let's do this. Now, humans compete. We like rankings. Phil and Judd rank them on 1500 ESPN. All-time great guys you have covered. And I mean great guys that you still think are great guys, not those that <laughs> then finished their football career and got arrested Can't be for Darren Sharper. drugging and raping women. Yes. No Darren Sharper, who Phil and Pat once thought was a very great guy. Turned <laughs> he, out not to be. He would have been on this list. Yeah. He would have been on this list. One heck of a con, man. <laughs> All-time great guys you have covered uh, in person that you just enjoyed speaking with. Go. Number four. I'll give you four of them. Uh, three baseball players and uh, and a basketball player. Number four, Jamal Crawford. And I, 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 like my opinion of him as a guy and then him as a fit on this team is a, a wide gap. But he's an all-time great guy. Does not just put on a show for the cameras. Uh, he is the way that he is on camera and off camera, on mic, off mic. One, two. Number three. Number three. Tory Hunter, very similar. Tory Hunter, gregarious. Uh, will will bring in a guy like Judd, who he doesn't really know, for the bro hug. You know, bring it on in. Let's connect. Let's Make it comfortable to the fact where I can hug back. Yep. Number two. Number two. This will not be on Judd's list unless unless Judd wants to uh, maybe go back on his antagonizing of this player. But Jim Tomey is number two on my list. And number one, I don't know why you'd pick him. Admittedly biased. Number one, Glenn Perkins for me is number one. Admittedly biased because he's been a part of the show for a long time, and uh, but Glenn Perkins number one. So Perk, Tommy, Tory, and Jamal Crawford. How many do you want, Judd? I'll give you four. That's fine. Four is good. Number four. Uh, Number four for me, Chad Greenway. Yeah, I covered him from the time he started here, from the time he was drafted. Uh, went uh, went to South Dakota to do a story on him. He was, and and I know that, that there were some people that didn't didn't like him towards the end, but he was always very hospitable to me. He was a nice guy. I liked him. He was cocky, but you know what? He played football. Those guys are cocky. That's fine. He's number four. One, two, number three. I'm going to agree with you on this, Phil. Jamal Crawford was a great guy. And Jamal Crawford, the thing I, I liked about him, and I'm not saying that I know him well, but he appeared, when, when he would sit down to talk with us, genuinely interested. 
I mean, most guys, most guys can get away with being, oh yeah, and they can be gregarious, and then you're like, but he didn't care. Jamal Crawford seemed to really care, and you could talk about the NBA with him, the state of basketball, football. Jamal Crawford is number three. Number two. Uh, And this, to me, is the sport in which guys are always, for the most part, a ton of nice guys. Number two on my list, Andrew Brunette. I covered him during the 2003 playoff run when he scored the goal in Game 7 of overtime against the Avs. Bruno was a decent player, but a really good guy. And then number one, also also from the same team, Brad Bombardier, defenseman for the Wild, now works in in the front office. I don't know if he's going to stay with the team. Bombardier, though, was a really nice guy. And Bombardier was was one of the few guys who actually knew who you were. There's so many guys, and I don't blame them, but pro athletes, they know your face maybe, and they'll be okay to you, and they'll talk to you. Bombardier knew your name. Very unusual, and so he is my number one guy. You mean like knew your name? Yeah, I mean, like, he, he, knew, he knew people. Media he knew, people he knew people. He knew he cared enough to know who people were. Which, for the most part, in a sport where you travel around and you get traded, and you might end up in with the Wild one year and the Blackhawks the next and the Avs the next, he actually knew who people were, which impressed me. So Bombardier's number one on my list. Good guy. Final question is about ketchup. Sort of, in a way. There's a book out there. The ketchup king here. Put it on everything. Book uh, written out there called Perform. Mm-hmm. It's written by the offensive line coach of the Dallas Cowboys by the name of Paul Alexander is his name. He's got a story about, you know, the glass ketchup bottles, the Heinz bottles you'll find in the restaurant. Yeah, mm-hmm. love those. Here's an excerpt. The 57 is placed at the precise spot where if one taps gently on the tipped bottle, the ketchup flows freely from the bottle. Even the new plastic squeeze bottles have it perfectly placed in the optimal squeezing position. The person who figured that out was a genius. When I see a large football player turn a bottle of ketchup upside down and pound at its heel with (laughs) tremendous force with limited success, I immediately make the mental note, he must either play defensive line or if he plays offensive line, he can't play for me. For sure. If you're I agree with that. If you're that dumb, Absolutely if true, you're yes. a bottom a bottom of the bottle tapper, you're you're, you are off of my draft list as well. Agreed. I can't be friends with you. Did you know of the fifty seven yes. trick hitting the fifty seven? Because I did not know that until I, knew, I read I knew the I knew about like it. the side of the bottle trick, but not the fifty seven. Nope. You find trick. the fifty seven and you just tap that sucker and it works perfectly. I've known that for years. I had no idea. I just always would I was go told for the that. knife. I was told that at probably the age of ten or so, but since then my life has been very easy. Okay. Well it continued. I coach the big fat guys. I love them. Offensive linemen need to be the smartest, most cohesive group on the football field because they are responsible for the combinations of problems that eleven quarters. Coordinated, defended, uh, coordinated defenders can cause. In football, there are 11 defenders and 8 gaps they can charge. Assuming each man can choose one gap, there are 437,514 possible defensive alignments that an offensive line must deal with. Oh football strategy can be complicated, much like an advanced level math problem. Offensive linemen and their coaches seek to solve complex problems with simple solutions. <laughs> okay. That was a lot. Football. 437,514 possible defensive alignments you must account for. Is there anybody in sports who thinks they're smarter than an offensive lineman? Or who thinks they're... (laughs) (laughs) Let me rephrase. Is there anyone who thinks they're more smart than they actually are than apparently this guy coaching offensive linemen? (laughs) Offensive linemen are a weird breed because there can be some really dumb ones and stupid ones, but there, there are some ones, and I've come across them, who are genuinely super, super smart. The danger there, then, though, is is you get caught up in the fact that you are smart, 
that a quarterbacks quarterbacks can be like like that too. But to your question, offensive line to me ranks ranks near the top of at times being too smart for your own good and therefore thinking that you're brilliant and you're a smart dude, but you're probably not brilliant. Goalies in hockey. Oh, if you look at the angle over here and the positioning, and oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I won't listen to these anti goalies. I'm gonna put absurdly large pads on and stand in front of a relatively small net, and 90% of shots are gonna bounce off my body. We gotta get him to, we gotta get, we gotta get him to a rink. Oh, but you don't understand that, like, you have to move to the left as the, as the action goes to the left. Yeah, that's, that's obvious. Thanks, goalies. I think we need to do this. It's basically the same thing. Goalie, you put on giant pads to get big. Offensive line, you, you just, just get eat fat, to yeah. get big. And uh-huh. hey, guy in front of me, I stop him. Yeah. <laughs> just eat Chipotle. So yeah. Two or three for lunch. I've I've seen it done before. The best, <laughs> and that's just with the writers. Wow, <laughs> I'm not going to debate you on this. Oh, okay then. Uh, we have a list of someone put this together: a fictional baseball movie character roster and lineup and coaching staff. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for just a second first here. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. In fact, i got to get over there for an oil change here. I've had the maintenance required light on uh, in my car the last couple weeks, so i got to get on that. Sometimes I procrastinate because uh, there's like a game on uh, tonight or whatever, and I just want to get home. And But that's the cool thing. The Luther Lounge has six workstations and a huge lounge area where you can watch anything you want on one of the two 70-inch flat-screen TVs. They've got complimentary snacks and tea and coffee and a play area for the kids. It's just a it's a it's a great spot whether you're filling out paperwork or maintenance to just sort of hang. There's been times where like I'll be doing work for 2 hours and my car's been ready for an hour and like are you going to leave the lounge area? I don't know, it's really comfortable. It's one of my favorite things about the best service department and dealership in the Twin Cities. It's on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. You can also stop by the website to look at some great deals on SUVs like the RAV4 and the Highlander. That's LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. It's going to be awesome. We can't wait. Mackie and Judd. Be ready. On 1500 ESPN. Get your Independence Day off to a running start. Get it? With the Red, White, and Boom TC Half Marathon Relay and 5K July 4th. Hey, Independence Day. Come out to Boom Island Park for this Twin Cities summer tradition. Get your run and first picnic of the holiday under your belt. At the lake or out of town, you can run the virtual Red, White, and Boom wherever you are. For more details and to register, visit 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Okay, this is amazing. This is a fun way to end the show. Thank you to Twitter follower Chris for sending this in on our Throwback Thursday. We've played the lineup game a few times, baseball lineups from the past, and he found this. This is a... I don't even know where this is from. It's just like a screenshot, but it's publicized. The Ultimate Baseball Movie 25-Man Roster. Mm-hmm. Celebrating the 25th anniversary for both Rookie of the Year and Sandlot. And next year will be the 25th anniversary for Little Big League, which is the Twins movie that you've never seen before. I've seen parts of it, but not the whole thing. Okay. So, should I just go through this lineup? Yeah. It's got all the positions, and it's got a full coaching staff. You guys tell me yay or nay on this, all right? Let's go. Starting lineup. Batting leadoff and playing center field, Willie Mays Hayes. Oh, yeah. Batting second. Once he figured it out. 
Yeah, once he stopped uh, hitting the ball, hit the ball on the ground. Love it. Batting second, playing shortstop, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Sure. From Sandlot. Absolutely. That young Benny or when he was with the Dodgers, Benny? Wow. Yeah, it doesn't clarify that. Well, which would you rather have? Well, I'd rather have the Dodgers. I mean, let's assume he's an adult. It's he's, the he's an adult and can still steal home at that advanced age. <laughs> I'll take both. Either one is fine with me. All right. What about uh, batting third, playing right field, Roy Hobbs? Okay, no problems there. That's yeah. bat right there. Yeah, love it. I like that. The two table setters there, both with some speed, and then some on base ability. And hits a, yeah, a shot right in the light standards. Batting cleanup, playing left field, Pedro Serrano. Ooh. From Major League, I don't know. He I mean, seems a little streaky to me. Yeah, he hits straight ball very much, and not <laughs> hit the curveball. Trying to think if there's a better choice, but I'm not sure there is. He is right. Hats for bats do keep bats warm. Yeah, so he's got that for sure. <laughs> uh, batting fifth, this is controversial. Batting fifth and playing first base, Luke Collins from the Twins in Little Big League. Can't we do better than that? I feel like he's too distracted off the field. Like he's always looking for the white. You know, he's date going on dates at Valley Fair and stuff. It's the middle of the season. Yeah, I don't know if he's committed. This is controversial too because, I mean, women in sports, right? Marla Hooch, second baseman from League of Their Own. Oh, I love. I like that one. Batting yeah. sixth. That's solid to me. She was a masher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's got pop in her bat for a second base when you're yeah. getting good value mm-hmm. there. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that I had, to, I had to Google this one. Third baseman batting seventh. Ray Mitchell from Angels in the outfield. No Roger Dorn, huh? No, they got Jake Taylor batting eighth and playing catcher. I think Roger Dorn's the choice, Dave. I think you're right if that's what you're saying. Well, I don't know. I mean, that Olay BS won't fly here, Dorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Uh, for a bench, they've got Crash Davis, Rex, T-Rex, Penbaker. I don't know who that is. I, I think Crash Crash has Scales. to be your catcher. I think Crash has to be your starting catcher. No, I'd take Jake Taylor. I would take Jake Crash, Taylor, too. Crash, great backup guy. He'd be great as far as game I playing. Clubhouse guy. I, yeah. I love He Crash. can catch bullpens, work with the young guys. Uh, Clue Haywood on the bench. Starting rotation, Steve Nebraska, your number one starter. I need help there. I don't know that one. Okay. okay. Uh, number two. Calvin Nuke uh, Lelouch from Boulderham. He'd be my ace number two. But. Henry Rowan Gardner, pre floater mm-hmm. as the number three starter. Billy Chapel, clear the mechanism, is your number four starter. Okay. That's your guy. That's your movie. Clear the mechanism. I've, I've seen it, but that's your movie. And then Mel Clark is your number five starter. Mel Not Clark. totally sure who Mel Clark is. Uh, your bullpen includes Jim Bowers. From Little Big League. No Chet Stedman in here. Oh, Wild Thing Vaughn is your closer sure. on this. Uh, yep. What about the coaching staff? Your manager, Jimmy Dugan. Yep. Lou Brown is the bench coach. Phil Brickma, the pitching coach, who gets stuck in the cage in Rookie of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> He's a brilliant character. Pitching coach ha- has to, to be the guy from Bull Durham, right? Candlesticks. Uh, was he the pitching coach? He was a bench coach or something. Oh, like I thought that. he was the pitching coach. Who is came it either way, Knox? he's got to be somewhere. Who's George Knox? That's the hitting coach on here. I don't know who that is. And then I can't read the last one. It's uh, it's George Knox. The Angels in the outfield. Danny Glover. Oh, is it? Okay. Danny oh, Danny. Glover, oh, Danny yeah. Glover. Oh. Okay, I got it. The Bull Durham guy has to be on the coach. Yeah, staff. he does. Candlestick. Who are the biggest nice omissions there? Actually, we should do omissions tomorrow. I was, yeah, I segment tomorrow. I yeah. need more time. Biggest omissions on here. Well, I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. was technically in one of those movies. But, but it's, it's all fictional, fictional characters. characters. I mean, the Black Sox were in an entire movie of, uh, you know, Field of Dreams. Well, how does a uh, 12-year-old Jones. manager not make it on here? 
I mean, like he if was you're twelve, yeah, but he. I think we got some gripes to a game one six. I think we got some gripes that that we should bring back on the Friday show. We will. Yes, we'll fix this. Write that down. Like tomorrow. we do everything. Yes, and uh, write that down in a game show Friday tomorrow. And our buddy Chris Singleton. See you tomorrow. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. The Venture X Card from Capital One gives you more of what you love, like premium travel benefits and access to Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. Plus, get access to Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Maybe I'll see you there. The Venture X Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.